Hong Kong, that's a place for you. Kowloon. Okay, hope you're ready for the Hong Kong Football Podcast coming to you from Kowloon, Hong Kong, in a week in which Yulong hit three against HKFC. Southern win again, thanks to Matt Lamb's missed pen, a glory sky's chances of survival, dented by a double from South China's new arrival. We're going to be talking about a massive weekend of results and goals and action in the Hong Kong Premier League, as well as talking about what is in store in Asia Cup qualifying for the Hong Kong national team, and looking ahead to a massive game for Kichi in the AFC Champions League. My name, as always, is James Legg, and I'm joined, as always, by Tobias Dusa. Toby, what a weekend of games. Yes, amazing. I'm still speechless. <laughs> mm. Big points dropped at the top of the table. Massive goals. Big debut for South China's new player. But let's start, before we talk about the Hong Kong Premier League, let's talk about the news in the Asia Cup qualifying draw for Hong Kong. It is a tough, tough draw, isn't it? Yeah, it's indeed a very tough group. Much tougher than I would have expected originally. So the opponents for Hong Kong in the Asian Cup qualifier will be Malaysia, Lebanon, and North Korea. What, what, why, why are you moving for North Korea? I was moving. I actually. <laughs> <laughs> I like North Korea. I think they, they're a good football team, but they, they were not welcomed very fondly when they last played against Hong Kong, which was not long ago. In fact, they were Hong Kong's last opponents in the EAFF tournament and they beat Hong Kong quite convincingly 2-0 but the Hong Kong fans stuck around to give them some booing so that was that was for them that wasn't so much for me um, but yeah that, that does sound like a bit of a worst case scenario in terms of qualification what are the team's chances? Well Hong Kong was actually in the pot 2 so because the ranking in the AFC was quite high before the draw and this is why they actually could have faced opponents like Bhutan and Maldives again, or Chinese Taipei. But what happened is that the pot three and pot four teams, Lebanon and Malaysia, are really the toughest teams to control. Out it's of those pots. Out of these pots, mm-hmm. exactly. And maybe the only pot two team that would be weaker than Hong Kong <laughs> would have been India. So Hong Kong really had a quite good position there. But I don't know, maybe 50-50. At the end of the day, the winner of the group and runners-up will qualify. So it will all be up to the games against Lebanon and Malaysia. So if we assume that North Korea are going to win this group? Yeah, I think that's pretty much <laughs> established. <laughs> so Hong Kong's aim here is to come second. Surely that's doable. So we've got two games against each team, home and away. Hong Kong's record at home is still quite good. When you think about what happened against China and against Qatar, okay, they lost against Qatar, but it was a good performance, which could have ended in a draw. So I think you're underplaying the team a little bit, but Lebanon will be a tough one. No, I agree. Especially as an away trip. I definitely agree. What worries me a bit though is the schedule, because for the World Cup qualifiers, Hong Kong really had this boost with their um, two home games at the beginning against Bhutan and Maldives. Both, both of them, they won. And here they have to go uh, first against Lebanon away and then having North Korea at home. So you could easily end up with zero points after the first two games. And th- that's something that I'm not sure how Hong Kong would be dealing with if they face the pressure to really, to really make big points in the following games. So it will be a very, very 
interesting Asian Cup qualifiers, nonetheless. There are six um, match dates, three home games. I think the home games will be the first one in June against North Korea. And then two home games um, right after each other, like on, in October and November. It's first Malaysia and then Lebanon. So this all kicks off after the end of the Premier League season? It kicks off already in March. So the first away game will be at the end of March against Lebanon. Okay, cool. I'm sure we'll talk about it in a lot more depth when the games are about to happen. So let's let's move on. Let's talk about what is the matter at hand, which is the Hong Kong Premier League. Both of the top two teams dropping points. We said last week that Easton and Kichi both had tough games. It turned out that way. They only got one point between them. The first of these was Easton drawing one all against Taipo. You were there. What happened? Yeah, first of all, I'm very glad that I made the trip all the way to Taipo for that game. It was a beautiful afternoon, you know, sunny and a lot of people coming to the sports ground. Thanks for the coffee refill. <laughs> you get sound effects now. <laughs> it was it was quite amazing, especially in the first half, because Eastern pretty much looked in old form. They dominated the, the first 30 minutes, they scored an early goal, which might have been a bit lucky or maybe a bit of a poor defending from Taipo at that point. Yeah, so it was, it was James McKee, wasn't it, in the ninth minute? Yeah, James McKee who finished this somehow um, un- undealt, undealt, with undealt with cross from, from the right side. And yeah, it, it found the, the goal. And honestly, at that point, I thought that we might see again a, a quite easy or confident Eastern win and they might be right back on track. And then very interestingly, in the second half, the game completely changed. Typo played very aggressively. At that point, they already did this, maybe I call it now the typo move, where they take off the goalkeeper and bring in the local goalkeeper and another foreigner in a double substitution. I still can't believe they're still doing that. But yeah, anyway. but it's, it, it's, maybe it's becoming the thing. Apparently. It's a waste of a substitution. Anyway, anyway. So. Well, it's a bit of a waste, I agree, but. Maybe, maybe it, you know, sometimes it, it pays off. Mm. And maybe, I don't know. <laughs> let, let, let not defend it. It's a, it's a stupid move. Um, but <laughs> it, it worked very well. So Lucas Silva came on. You had at front then Ita Barica, um, Lucas Silva and, uh, Yuta Nakamura. They created chance after chance in the second half. Um, Yuta Nakamura had very good opportunity to score. Um, but it went wide. Then I think it was maybe 10 minutes before, before full time. Wong Wai suddenly just took the shot from about, I don't know, 20 yards. And it somehow, yeah, found a way to the goal. Yeah, it was a nice looking goal, wasn't it? But it, it beats Yapung Fai at the near post, which is yeah, a weird didn't, one. He didn't look well, well for that one. He should definitely be saving it. Um, now either it's just a, a bad, Mistake from him, or he was somehow unsighted. Yeah, I would, I would assume so. Maybe, yeah. Wong Wai didn't stick around to check. <coughs> he went off and celebrated his goal, and it's a good result. Very good result for Taipo. Probably Eastern will see that as two points dropped. You had a problem with the ref, though. Yeah, but what's strange is that it seemed like until maybe the the seventy fifth minute or something that. Um, he, it looked like he forgot his cards or something <laughs> because he just avoided booking any players and it, it reached a point 
it all like there were a few situations in the in the first half where a card was definitely warranted, and he was sent off during halftime by both Taipo and Eastern fan, like with, with booing the referee. Yeah, it took him a long time to really get the match under control. Then in the second half, and it it was quite rough. It was quite emotional. There were a few very very tough tackles, and also for example, one of the situation was that. Um, I think it was Saric at that point who was held back in the midfield by, you know, um, pulling him back on the shirt. And that, that's a yellow card in the rule book. If you pull someone back on your shirt, then you know, that, that's clear. And these kind of things were not, uh, were not, um, booked by the referee. So yeah, I, w- I was quite surprised. But then in the end, it still turned out he had his yellow card. So he booked, um, a few players. Very funny was the yellow card for Bayer because um, there was a foul in the in the in the midfield area, and Bayer was just complaining that um, yeah, that that it was not a foul and that he played the ball or whatever, and so he he kept like shouting to the to the referee, and then the referee just told him like to shut up and he turned around, and at that point he stumbled up on Bayer by by stepping back because Bayer was still standing there. And then the referee thought that Bayer pushed him. So he turned around and then immediately showed him the yellow card <laughs> for, for assault of the referee. And yeah, Bayer was a bit startled, like, what happened? And just like, you, you ran into me. You just didn't see. So yeah, that, that, that was a, maybe. Well, that's an insane moment. decision though, isn't it? Because if he thinks that that is what Bayer has done, that's a definite red card. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's like an eight match ban. Like, <laughs> that's not like a, oh, a cheeky yellow card in the 91st minute. But it would have been the best send off I've ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever seen. <laughs> Ref accidentally walks into play and then sends him off. Right. Also, but maybe one thing that to point out, a very nice gesture um, before the game was when Itabarika, just right before the kickoff, actually all the players were already ready at kickoff, but Itabarika went off to, to greet Chen Yuan and to congratulate her for, for her success as a manager. And yeah, it was a nice, a very nice gesture, and he really seems to be quite happy to be back in Hong Kong. Would they have been together at Pegasus? Have they? Well, they were both the Pegasus. Yeah, yeah, they probably know each other from there. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. Yeah, well, Chan Yun-ting, before she was at Eastern, was an assistant coach and analyst at some Pegasus, and that was where Ita Prika played. We'll check up on that, listeners, and we'll check if they did cross paths. But yeah, nonetheless, nice to see. Or maybe he was just asking for a move next year. <laughs> Big club. Oh, cheeky. <laughs> anyway, yeah, nice to see the politeness is still a thing but in yeah. 2017. But yeah, I think there was one thing that the Eastern players were very relieved after the game when they heard about the result of the Kitchi game. Exactly, because these games were happening at exactly the same time, 2.30 on Saturday, while Eastern were dropping points at Taipo, Kitchi were dropping even more of them with a 1-0 defeat at Southern. One of the decisive moments in this game came about half an hour in when Eastern were awarded a penalty for a handball by Diego Garrido for an apparent handball. Matt Lamb stepped up to take the penalty and it was terrible. It was not a good penalty. Right where the goalie likes it. You know, not not, not far from the centre. And the keeper, uh, Jay Takim, does a fine job with it and the penalty was saved and then early in the second half Luke Chi Ho or Michael Luke should got English name or Chinese name which is, yeah, as, as you like 
Should we go Michael Lukchiho? Michael Lukchiho. Michael Lukchiho <laughs> scored a very nice goal. It, the, the ball kind of breaks in midfield, and then there's just this ocean of space between centre midfield and defence, which I think is where Kim Bong Jin was supposed to be playing. <laughs> and he just charges into it and lets a shot go for about 25 yards into the top right-hand corner. It was a very nice goal. One of many very nice goals this weekend. And Southern clung on to that lead for the rest of the game. Kichi had all this allowed, which I thought looked a little bit contentious. Uh, it was given for offside, wasn't it, when the ball was played back in over the top and Rufino is definitely offside and the flag goes up. But the goalie catches it and in falling to the ground, spills the ball to Rufino, who scores. Now, I think that on, if you look at it one way, that phase of play where he was offside, that's over. And the goalie's just given him the ball then and he scored. I, I actually think that you could argue that that was onside. But you, you seem to think otherwise. Yeah, I think it's controversial. It could go either way. And I think both, both decisions would be to some extent understandable. Yeah, my, my reasoning maybe would be that Rufino might have still disturbed the goalkeeper when, when attempting to save the ball. So you think he is interfering with play? It, it instance? could, it could have been taken this way, but I'm not even sure, like, if the referee had the total overview about what happened at that point. And, but at the end of the day, I think this is, these are not the kind of goals that Kichi should rely on for equalizing. It would have been a, yeah. it would have been kind of gift. Then it would have like two gifts already with a miss penalty and kind of a drop ball from from a goalkeeper. So yeah, it could be a game changer. But then you know they should have had more opportunities to score in 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 more common ways. <laughs> I think they did because they had seventeen shots, but only four of them were on target. I don't know if that one counts as a shot on target. And I guess the penalty was a shot on target. In fairness. Quite a resurgence going on with Southern at the moment. We talked a little, a lot about how they've been disappointing so far this season. And actually that's completely changed. Um, they've won four of their last five. In their first six games of the season, they won five points. And then in the five games since then, they've won 13. And that places them fifth in the league. Now, only two points behind South China. They've really kind of corrected things. It, but it doesn't seem as though anything in particular has changed. They've just clicked a little bit more, I guess. There you know, have been no ins or outs of note. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a very strange thing because they very much stick with the same squad. You had Walter Vaz leaving the, the team at some point and now Marcos de la joined, but I'm not sure if it's Already the, the Marco effect. <laughs> I don't think it's that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's really an impressive comeback. And I think in this spring, Sawan will be the team to beat. The next two games are against the bottom two, against BC Glory Sky and HKFC. So I think we can expect them to take at least four points, if not six, from those two games as well. So they could really get themselves involved in the race for fourth, actually. Yeah, but we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Yeah, actually, Toby, there is one thing we have to add is that our usual correspondent, Chan YT, has been in touch and pointed out my mistake. I spoke a little bit too quickly and I said that Kichi had not won any trophies last season. That was not true. They did win the League Cup. In case it wasn't 
already apparent listeners we do a lot of this off the top of our heads <laughs> we don't have too many records or anything in front of us but yeah thanks for getting in touch and correcting that mistake although in my defense as well last year there were more trophies than i think there are people in hong kong i i could not have been expected to keep up with who won ever on 7.9 million yeah it felt that way it felt that way sometimes <laughs> yes we are happy to make that correction Moving on, on Friday night, HKFC, HKFC versus Yoon Long. Yoon Long winning 3-0 with second half goals from that man again, Stefan Pereira. That man again also, Alexander Rendelovic and that guy who doesn't normally score, the centre-back, Fabio Lopez. Fabio Lopez coming up with a near post header from a very nicely delivered corner. And I guess there's no big surprise here. Of course, we would all have expected June Long to win this game. But I was quite impressed by HKFC, personally. I have not... I saw a lot of them earlier on in the season, say the first quarter of the season, and I hadn't seen them as recently. And I thought their organisation was really impressive. I thought they were really on it in terms of covering the basics, marking up really well. They played with a a little bit more fluidity than when passing the ball than I come to expect. So uh, certainly signs of progress for them. But over the course of the game, especially as the game wore on, the difference in quality and the difference in fitness levels in particular really started to show. Yoon Long are just such a fun team to watch at the moment. They they just look like a bunch of people who are really enjoying playing football. They've got quality all over the pitch. I don't think they have any particularly weak players. Um and you know they have a lot of Hong, young Hong Kong players as well, which is really good to see. Except for Fabio Lopez, who is approaching his forty-first uh, birthday in March. You know? Wow! <laughs> but he is looks still like in shape. It's really impressive, right? Oh yeah, he, yeah. Um, him, and the other massive guy at centre Silva. Yeah, they. Well, it's hard to say, you know, against HKFC, who don't offer too much in terms of going forward, but. What they did have to deal with, they dealt with very well. And yeah, they still look, he still looks fit, fit as a fiddle at 40 years of age. On the whole, a fun game to watch, I thought. Not too many people, I think there's only about 300 people turned up to do so. All of the Yunlong fans were in fine voice. Good oh, yeah. to see them making the long, long trip from Western New Territories. But that means that they stay on third place, right? In the league. And I think maybe just. How many points off Kichi now? Four? Yeah, they're only four points off Kichi. Well, they're only four points off the top, actually. Um, after me chiding <laughs> you for saying that you needed to be realistic and saying that they weren't involved in the title race, well, all it would take is, yeah, wins against those teams and you know, could be up with a chance. Yeah, it's certainly, I think, the, the neutral's favourite this year. They've got so much, they score loads of goals. Only Eastern have scored more goals. And they, they play football in a good way, I think. A lot of local players. And yeah, good, good for them. Good to see a team which is normally towards the bottom of the table making a charge towards the top. Anyway, we'll move on to another very interesting game. BC Glory Sky losing 3-0 to South China. And the star of the show for South China was not the usual guy. It was another Serbian. Another Serbian. <laughs> it was Nikola Komasic, but it was their new 
midfielder who is called Marko Perovic. Marko Perovic, yes, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> who scored one of the best goals you're going to see all season? I feel as though, I feel as though I've been saying that a lot this season. There's lots and lots of very good, very YouTubeable goals. But this one, this is the goal that made it 3 0. A 35 yard free kick. Which, and normally if a, if a free kick goes in from 35 yards, you're like, oh, the goalie should have saved that. But this goes in right in the top corner. It was Leung Lok Hang who gave South China the lead in the ninth minute with a headed goal, which probably should have... It was from a, straight from a corner, wasn't it? And a Perridge corner, I believe. <laughs> really? Mm. Wow. So that's two goals and assist for Perovic. In his debut. On his debut. But a little later, that goal scorer, not Hang, got Chang on Fai, the goalkeeper, into a bit of bother with a looped, headed back pass, which Chang heroically tipped over the bar for him. But he injured himself in the process. I don't think he had to go off, but it looked a little bit hairy for a minute or two. And then in the second half, Perovic scored a very nice goal in the 51st minute and then he would do so again with that aforementioned free kick in the 85th what a debut for him it looks like he could make quite a big difference for South China in the remainder of the season yeah he looks like the right signing that they needed at the moment and maybe given his debut and his performance South China is now more willing to that chance to Kigo who again was not in the squad so there seems to be no solution to the table right now there seems to be now the offer though to Pegasus to pay 600,000 Hong Kong dollars and maybe they are still thinking and maybe after this weekend's game they will think even more about if they should come up with this money when does the window close soon no yeah that's a good point and it seems if they really want to sign him they would need to do it before the 30th of January so still a week maybe they're playing a little bit of a waiting game and they're waiting for it to get to the 29th and South China might say, okay, you can have them for 300,000. Well, sure, that's what they do at the vegetable market, right? And just like, <laughs> <coughs> you come again <laughs> before 5 p.m. and you know, you know, they, they have to sell mm. all the stock and then you, you get it half price. Yeah. Not that <laughs> Chan, Chan Suki should be treated like a... No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Patty of the mushrooms, but... It'll be interesting to see what happens there, but this performance from Perovic suggests that South China could probably live without Chan Suki. Okay, so the last game for us to talk about is a 3-2 win for Rangers at Pegasus. They went in 1-0 up at half-time through Clayton and very quickly added to that and he went 3-0 up with goals in the 48th and 54th from Jordi. And then they nearly blew it because Chiu Chung Kid scored their own goal in the 75th minute and then Zhao Enmia in the third minute of injury time made the score look respectable. Quite a big win for Rangers. Pegasus and Rangers have had very similar seasons. They're kind of in that nether world between the, the relegation threatened teams and the top four aiming teams. I think this puts Rangers above Pegasus in the league to 7th, Pegasus in 8th. Yeah, it's interesting, right? That Pegasus seem 
not really being able to get out of this crisis. And the, the team itself, they have had a lot of changes now over the winter break. They haven't had a match for like six weeks. And it even leads to quite creative changes in the squad. Like most interesting, I believe, is Travis Major, who was signed as a striker, played as a centre-back. And this is already like, I heard that they, they try him out in this position for, for, for quite a few weeks now in the training. And maybe they just reposition him in, into the defence. Um, I'm not sure if it worked out. They conceded three goals, but you know, I'm, I'm not sure if he is to blame for that one. But yeah, I think that Pegasus is in a very tough situation this season and I, I don't see them turning it around like Salvan did, to be honest. And they are now, what, like fourth from the bottom? Yeah, after the bottom three, you've got Pegasus and there's a big gap between them and RNF in ninth. But it's still a real problem for them. Right, but we also have a change on top of the league, right? Eastern are back at the top, yeah. Both teams are on 27 points, but Eastern, A, have a better goal difference, and B, have a game in hand, and that's against RNF. So we would expect them to have a three-point lead at some point. But both teams have still got to play each other in the league, and both teams have just shown that they can drop points against other teams as well, so... I think there's a few more twists and turns to come, which may involve Yun Long's involvement, you never know. But let's move on from Hong Kong Premier League action because Kichi have got a massive game in the AFC Champions League and there's the Lunar New Year Cup, which we will talk about in I don't know which order after this break. Hong Kong Football Podcast is out every Wednesday. You can get it from iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Okay, so on Wednesday night, Kiji have a big game against Hanoi FC at the Hong Kong Stadium in the second qualifying round of the AFC Champions League. It is a one-legged affair, so it will be decided on the night. There will be no replays, there will be no second leg. And the winner will get to go and play an away game in South Korea, which will be similarly one-legged and will be a very tough game. But the matter in hand is playing Hanoi. Now, Kichi are not entering this game on a very good run of form, are they, Toby? Yeah, it's a bit strange. So they won very impressively the Senior Shield against Eastern. And at that day, I think, also, what we talked about um, last week, we were very you know, amazed by their performance. And this was followed, very strangely, by two losses. One in the Suppling Cup against Taipo. And to be, to be fair, at this one, Kichi purposefully fielded a B team. I think six of their starters were not regular starting 11 players for Kichi. And then this very surprised defeat against Salvan with an A team. So yeah, it, it will be hard to say what's the form at the moment. They experimented a little bit, also like in the last game against Salvan, putting Kim Bong Chin into the midfield. 
Um, they will have both games at their disposal for the Champions League qualifiers. So maybe they, they wanted to try out this and it seems it has failed. And yeah, it, it's definitely a, a very tough game ahead for Kichi. What do you think about their form at the moment? What, what would you expect them to do? I think it's true that they have lost both of their games since the CD Shield final. But in fairness, the typo game was a, as you say, it was a second string and, you know, bad results happen in the league. But I'm a little surprised by this experimentation towards the back end of the pitch because Kitchi's defense has been really good this year. They've conceded four goals in 12 Premier League games, which is an extremely good tally. Even though I don't think they've looked great, the results have been really good. And that's partly to do with the defensive midfield as well, like the likes of Huang Yang. I'm a little bit surprised by the amount of experimentation that's been going on. You know, they've tried out Kim Dongjin at left back. They've tried out Kim Bongjin in defensive midfield. They've tried both in centre back where they both look quite good. It just seems as though they're trying to accommodate these Korean signings in a way which is, seems a little bit detrimental. And I don't think that this is the time for like messing around with new ideas. I think if it were up to me, I would play just the straightforward back four of Danny, left back, Lo Kuan Yi, right back, and then Helio with either of the Kims at centre back. But that doesn't seem to be what's going on at the moment, and it doesn't seem to be Alex Chu's preferred method. But do we think that they ought to be the, the favourites of this game, home advantage, and so on? They actually should be, and in the past, in the AFC Cup, maybe Vietnamese teams and Hong Kong teams were quite on an equal level. Maybe for some time the Vietnamese team is a little bit better, but I think with the current squad, Kitchen should be, definitely be considered the favorite for that game. I also think Hanoi will see it that way. But one thing that also worries me a bit is that Alex Akande was still missing in the Salvan game, which could mean that he's still um, you know, suffering from the injury that he um, had during the warm-up of the Senior Shield final. And this would be a bit of a blow for the Kitchi attack because they they cannot use players like Nam Jigin, Matt Lam, Jared Lam. And I think they would heavily rely on Alex Akande to to be up front because they also don't have a Rufinho as well. We will see if he will be ready for tonight. But yeah, that that's something that could be a game changer. Mm, it seems likely that Sandro will start up top. We tend to see Lam Kawai come into the midfield for the AFC games. And he could be quite important. And who else? What other changes are we likely to see? So we've got no Rufino. We should have Fernando. Kitty will have Fernando, the two Kims. Mm-hmm. Kim Bongtin and Kim Dongtin. And Christian Vados. Ah, you're right. This, yeah, this new guy who looked very good in the senior shield. Yeah, final. exactly. So what we're likely to see is Vados, Huang Yang and Lam Kawai in the middle. Probably with Fernando on the left, fingers crossed, Alex Akande on the right. If not, then who does go on the right? Because there's no Jared Lom, there's no Lam Tikin. Yeah, I think we would most likely see maybe Sham Kwok Kang, the number 33, who, who could fill up that position. And then we expect to see who a left back if Danny Cancelo has not been registered. One of the Kings, maybe? I would believe that he will do the same that they did at the Senior Shield with Kim Dong-Chin on the left and Kim Dong-Chin as a centre-back next to Helio. And because of um, 
the, the current situation, Kichi nominated a lot of young players into the squad as well. Like they're, you know, the very young Hong Kong Japanese striker, Harima, <laughs> Harima Hirokane. And players that haven't really had much playing time as well. Emedwan is also back in the preliminary squad. So he could be another option for a defensive midfield if, if it's necessary. Okay, so that's Kichi. What do we know about Hanoi FC? Well, not much, <laughs> as usual. We're very ignorant about anything that happens outside of Hong Kong. But, of course, we found a solution for our lack of knowledge. Did you find us a Vietnamese football expert? Yes, I did. Did you speak to him? I did. Shall we roll the tape? Please. So I'm now joined on the line by our football expert from Vietnam, uh, Bill. Hi, Bill. How are you? Hi, I'm very well, thank you. Nice to uh, talk to you. Yeah, the reason why we reached out to Bill is because, as you know, we are quite ignorant about any other kind of football nations outside of Hong Kong. And we realized we know very little about Hanoi, the opponent of Kichi in the upcoming ACL qualifier. And Bill, we believe, has the knowledge that we need. He is the host of the Hanoi Football Show, a weekly podcast on the Vietnamese We League One. And he also tweets about Vietnamese football quite regularly. So if you want to follow him at Soccer Vietnam. So Bill, just to jump right into the subject matter, as mentioned before, we know very little about Vietnamese football here in Hong Kong, to be honest. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about the state of Vietnamese football at the moment. Yeah, sure. The um, the current state is it's quite interesting because on one side it's really growing and developing in terms of the the youth development of the players. A lot of clubs have got links now with European clubs who are sending over and training coaches, and we've really seen an increase in the you know the actual the quality of the the game here especially with these young players coming through now, they've just started to, to break through into the first teams out here. And one of them is um, linked to, to Arsenal in the Premier League. And they've had some very good players come through and a couple have gone to the J League and K League on loan last year. In terms of actual the development terms from a fan's point of view, the numbers are down a little bit. We're only averaging four to 5,000 so far at the beginning of this season. And they're really trying to rebuild the reputation because in the past, the league's had a, it's a fair share of controversies with the match fixings and various things, scandals. But they're trying to really rebuild the reputation and get the fans back on board. But in terms of the quality of play, it's certainly on the up. Well, yeah, when you say that you, you know, an attendance of four or 5,000 is quite low, we are very jealous here in Hong Kong because for us, that would all be a very, very good attendance, maybe sometimes even a full house. So what do you think is like the potential for Vietnamese football in terms of attendance? Where, where can it go up to again? Um, this season, there was a, well, Da Nang opened a new stadium. They had 19,000 for their opening match there, which was pretty good. Haiphong have got a big fan base and they were hitting you know, 20, 22,000 last year as they were in the title race. So they peaked at yeah, sort of low 20,000s. And so they, it's, it's there, the fan base is there. It's just, Sort of getting it on a regular basis. Some teams last year were averaging nine to ten thousand. Tanghua and some Lamian, so it's quite good. Well, that's really impressive, um, especially for us to hear such big numbers that we are not really used to. So, how about the league? I just heard that it just started again. Yeah, it has. We've just played four matches so far. Very quick succession. 
to get them in before the Lunar New Year. And yeah, Tanghua are currently top of the league when Hanoi, who we're here to talk mainly about, are second. They've played three and lost one, which is a pretty decent start considering last year that at this point they were bottom of the league before getting a decent run of form to win the league. Um, they they actually had a pretty poor pre-season. I'm pretty sure they didn't actually win a game. And then they started the season with a Super Cup and lost at home to Kwong Ning in that. So it's a little bit worrying for Hanoi, but then they have turned it, they turned around their league form and they're, yeah, they're looking pretty solid this year. Yeah, Vietnam actually was not in the AFC Cup, right? Uh, at the level of Hong Kong in the last two years, but they were actually playing Champions League. So what happened that now Hong Kong overtook them in the last years? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how it, like the point system works in the in the, the rankings of the country's leagues because yeah, Hong Kong and Vietnam swapped positions in the last season. So so for last year Hanoi were in the Champions League qualifiers, lost, but then didn't drop into the AFC Cup. So and we had one team, Bin Zung, who done reason really well for. Vietnamese club in the in the Champions League, but I don't think they were scoring enough points, getting any wins to keep our national ranking up. So I actually think it's better now that if Hanoi loses tomorrow or, or in the next round to go into the AFC Cup, the regional, the lower rank cup, they get a lot more games. They'll, I think they'll develop and progress as a team better in that, and then the ranking should go up. So actually, I kind of expect Hong Kong, Vietnam to sort of yo-yo for the next few years of in between Champions League and AFC Cup. Yeah, from that perspective, actually, there's more to gain for Hanoi in the qualifiers, right? Because if they drop out, if they don't make it to the ACL group stage, then they will continue in the AFC Cup, whereas Kichi will definitely drop out if they if they don't make it into the ACL, because Eastern is already in the group stage, and so they would not get another AFC Cup spot. So talking a little bit more maybe about the opponent, um, Hanoi is a pretty interesting side. And it seems that ahead of the game, there was a little bit of confusion because at the beginning, the promotion here still used the name Hanoi TNT. So is it the same team that we are still talking about? Yeah, 100% the same team. They've The TNT is the, the name of the, the company that owns the club. So now they've set up a new, they've got a new sponsorship deal with SCG of Thailand, who sponsor Mantong United over in the Thai League. And part of that deal was they had to drop the TNT because you can't, they wouldn't allow you know, two companies, I guess, sort of involved. But and it's, it's sort of a, re, a great opportunity for the club to rebrand and get rid of the, the company name. And they they settled for just yeah, Hanoi Hanoi FC. So it's exactly the same name, but it's a good, it's the first large sponsorship deal of its kind in the V-League. So I think it's worth a million dollars over two seasons. So it's a really big, big move for the club. All right. Is there actually something like a Hanoi Derby? <laughs> this is where it gets even more confusing because last year there was a Hanoi FC and they were sold four or five games into the season and then relocated to Saigon. So it's all a bit of a mess. <laughs> and they're now called Saigon FC. So actually up here, we don't have a derby anymore, but they've now got a derby taking place in Ho Chi Minh City. It was a bit of a shambles, to be honest. Such, such things actually sound quite familiar. It could happen also in our region, to be honest. So who are the players we should watch out for tonight? Oh, so the players, so we've got up, up front, there was Gonzalo, Argentinian striker. He 
scored the only goal last season when the two teams met. He's still the, he's their captain, and he's partnered up front by Samson, who's the he broke the record for the league top scorer last year, 120 something goals now. He's a naturalised player up there. Vietnamese citizenship now and so they're the two up front he's got he's got four goals in the last two matches so he's he's on form and in terms of uh, another overseas player we have is is Alvaro Silva a Philippines international who joined this year from the K-League he's fitting in very well at central defence and he partners uh, quite an experienced Vietnamese defender Dai Dong at the back and they're, they're, they're forming quite a good partnership but we Hanoi do often concede goals so I fully expect that Kitchi will get a goal tomorrow. But the rest, the rest of the team are very, very attacking-minded. So we've got Tang Long, who's just retired from international football. Very experienced. He's only 28. He's so fast. And he's joined in midfield with Kwong Hai, a new young player, who's an exceptional start to this season. He played very well last season. And I think he's still only 19. And he's been putting in some exceptional performances. He's got two fantastic goals on the opening day. So, it, and then... They pretty much line up with four or five very attacking players. And then Hung Zung, he sits in front of the defence and just sort of protects them. But it is a very attack-minded team. So I expect there to be some goals. So if you would have to call it, what, what would you say? Like, how, how would you see that game go? Um, based on the, the form Hanoi are in, I'm going to go for a Hanoi win. But there will be... I expect Kiji to score. Maybe like, but it will be close, 2-1. I think, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit disappointed. Last season's match between the two sides was, neither team really performed very well, and it was a bit of a stalemate and just a single goal. But I really expect Hanoi to get, you know, they're on fire with the goals this year. So I expect them to get you know, two goals, maybe, maybe three. But then I don't know that much about Kitchi this season, so. Yeah, I hope that is to our advantage at the, at the very end. But as you say, uh, Hanoi, because they also beat Kitchi last year, they're definitely the favorites going into this game. And but maybe this year the the home advantage might pee off a little bit. Yeah, it might do. I, it, I think it does make a big difference in the, these sort of regional competitions. So yeah, I think coming last year to the Hangday Stadium on our pitch was not very good. And well, we will have the same here for you in in Hong Kong. The Hong Kong Stadium pitch is also quite known for its um, very very terrible turf. <laughs> right. All right, Bill. So you will. Um, hope for a Hanoi win tomorrow. We, of course, will support Kitchi. But nonetheless, th thanks a lot for joining us. It was very interesting to talk to you and to hear more about Vietnamese football. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. It's been great. And for all our listeners, so if you want to hear more and know more about Vietnamese football, I highly recommend to listen to the Hanoi football show. It's a weekly podcast that can be found on SoundCloud. And also follow Bill at Soccer Vietnam. So thanks a lot, Bill, and talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. Enjoy the game. Okay, good to hear from our colleagues in Vietnam and to hear a little bit more about Hanoi FC. One thing that is worth mentioning is that the opponent for whoever wins this game has changed because of some kind of match fixing. Kichi was supposed to face if they make it past Hanoi, Jeju United, but then can you explain to me what happened to him? So apparently last year's ACL champions, Chambok Hyundai, they were accused of being involved 
in match fixing back in 2013 and 2014. Although that's apparently not fully established yet, but the accusation was again like brought up by the um, Adelaide United chairman who also made these controversial remarks about the Hong Kong Lunar League Cup, which we'll talk about in a moment. He just loves to mix it up, <laughs> doesn't he? He's just going around Asia, pissing everyone off. Your tournament's Mickey Mouse. You fixed matches. What's he going to do next? I don't know. <laughs> just, he just likes to set the cat amongst the pigeons, this guy. What's his name? The Adelaide United chairman. Greg Griffin or something like this. Yeah. Oh. So so anyway, uh, Chenburg Hyundai are disqualified from the tournament. So the next best Korean team, in this case, Jeju United, would get the direct group stage ticket from, from Chenburg Hyundai. That means that there is another team coming up from the K-League that finished fourth, and this would be Ulsan Hyundai. Both teams are owned by the same car company. <laughs> no, that can't be true. It, it is. I'm not having that. Even, even in South Korea, where I know the big businesses can do whatever they want, I'm not having it that they can own two football teams. I think the difference is that Ulsan <laughs> okay. is owned by Hyundai Heavy Industries and Chenbook is uh, Hyundai Motors, right? So, which I'm sure are in no <laughs> way aligned or in no way owned by the same people. Yeah, but, uh, Korean football has history that these are actual company teams, right? But yeah, I'm aware of that, but I just think that they should have one team each. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, that, but that's sad. I mean, why, why are the heavy industries workers? Not allowed to play. Oh, shut up. But it's not, it's not. <laughs> These guys aren't like coming off, coming off a day on the factory floor and then stepping out in the Asian Champions League. Oh, that's what I imagine. Oh, yeah, it's a like that. thought. Do you think that the players for RB Leipzig are doing the same? And Yeah, sure. They're, they're filling the filling cans of can. fizzy pop. The same is like for KMB Yulong and for Kunchung Southern. Yeah, Alexander Randelovich was driving my bus the other day. Yeah? Yeah. I'm so not surprised. <laughs> anyway, so basically it's an outrage to begin with that they're owned by the same company. I'm sure if, if anyone's an expert on South Korean football and can tell me why I'm wrong about this, please get in touch. But it sounds wrong to me. But coming back to the issue... <laughs> Sorry, to get back to our actual point. So the next opponent in the third qualifying round, which would be the decisive playoff, basically. Again, a one-legged affair in South Korea will now be Ulsan Hyundai. I'm not really sure if it's an advantage. I think it's still pretty much the same in terms of chances for, for Kichi or Hanoi. But nevertheless, maybe that short notice... For Ulsan was a bit surprising or startling, and they are not in full preparation yet. And yeah, we will see if Kichu can make it to the next round. I think Ulsan is a slightly easier journey than Jeju as well, so that might help preparations. Anyway, basically the upshot is Korean football is crooked, and Ulsan Hyundai will play whoever wins this game tonight. Speaking of Kichi playing against South Korean opponents straight after this game is the Lunar New Year Cup at the weekend. Are we going to take a break or? Oh, you want to take a break? 
Do you want to take a break, James? Might as well. Yes. I think we should take a break. Okay. Let's, Let's take, take a break. break. Okay, so on Saturday to Lunar New Year Cup at the Moncock Stadium, big news is that after the pullout of Australia under-23s, Auckland City, the champions of New Zealand, have joined the roster. So that's Kitchi, Auckland City, Seoul FC, and some Thai team whose name I've forgotten. Mangtong United. Mangtong United. Well, it looks like Kichir are probably going to have to play some kind of second-string team, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. They have such a tight schedule this month. Um, now the AFC Champions League qualifiers. And for these two games, I think they even invited players from other teams to join them. In particular, two players from Pegasus, I heard. Well, one of them is a Kichir player on loan, right? Lee Ngai Hoi, who made his debut for Pegasus over the weekend. He has been invited to come back and play for Kichi in the cup. So after complaining that someone called it Mickey Mouse, they've decided to call back some players from loans at worst teams for this trophy. Kind of suggesting that they think it's a little bit Mickey Mouse as well. Well, I think it's a strategic move because they really have to save their players a little bit from the very, very tough schedule. There will be basically two games for them within four days during a holiday period as well. <laughs> it's actually not so nice to have. But the opponents, nevertheless, they are, they are big. Mountain United are Thai champions. Seoul were the Korean champions last year. And Auckland, they are, I think, now already for decades, I believe, the uh, Oceania champion, if I'm right. Yeah, you're right. They are the champions of that great footballing continent, Oceania. And as such, they're always invited to the FIFA club championship. Yeah, they right? play against Barcelona and Bayern Munich yeah. on a regular basis. In this Mickey Mouse tournament. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It, it's kind of like a mini AFC tournament, except with Auckland kind of on the end there. It's, it would be a good thing if, if, it can be used in some way to get good practice against continental opposition. Hopefully, could you see it that way? I don't know. So, so the first the first game is at three pm between Seoul and Auckland. Between Seoul and Auckland, and then Kichi at five thirty pm will play Mountain United, and then it's a semi final kind of arrangement. So on the Tuesday. Both teams will play in a final and a third place playoff. Are you going to go, Toby? No. No? You're not going? <laughs> no, I'm not able to go. I'm enjoying my Chinese Mickey Mouse holiday. Holiday. Is it? Oh, you're going away? <laughs> okay. Yes. Fair enough. But I, I heard that you might have a look. Oh, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. In my Mickey Mouse outfit. I can find one. Well, you know, in in contrast to people from Adelaide we are able to see Mickey Mouse every weekend if you want (laughs) (laughs) in our very own Disneyland yeah Adelaide doesn't have a Disneyland does it (laughs) screw you Adelaide (laughs) 
No, I like that guy. I think he just tells it like it is. <laughs> right. Okay, well, actually, it turned out that there was not much to talk about when it came to the Lunar New Year Club. I invite you, as always, to get in touch. Let us know what you think about the podcast, if we're great, if we're terrible, if we're talking rubbish, if we haven't talked about something that you think that we should be talking about. Please get in touch. It is podcast at offside.hk. That's podcast at offside.hk. We'd love to hear from you. And we hope that you have an excellent new year, a very prosperous year of the rooster, or year of the cock, or year of the chicken. Chicken. Well, it just depends on how it translated. You have this whole debate every year. But isn't it, well, every 12 years, I guess. No, I mean... The, you had the same thing about the year of the ram or the year of the sheep or the year of the goat. So it's always a man. It's always a man animal. In English translations, yes, yeah. but in Chinese it's actually not. It's just like it's just a generic. generic. Right. So for me it's a year of the chicken. Yeah. It sounds nice, no? Like year of the rooster. Sounds just aggressive. Yes. And exactly. Rude. But then I think of like a small, tiny baby chicken mm. just coming out of the egg. Yeah. That's fluffy. It's <laughs> very yeah, nice, right. Okay, well, happy year of the chicken. <laughs> I, hope, <laughs> I hope it's prosperous and fluffy. We're going to go now. Hopefully, Kichi can get a good result for Hong Kong tonight against Hanoi FC. Hopefully, you can turn up and hopefully we can get a good crowd going at the Hong Kong Stadium. Until next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Kowloon, Hong Kong. We like Hong Kong. That's a place for you.